Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Where to hunt Where podcast. To hunt it's, it's, okay. It's, okay. it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Hi, I'm Dan Small, host of Outdoor Wisconsin, and I listen to Where to Hunt. Man, it's okay. I'm Kurt Geyer with Working Class Bow Hunter. I listen to Where to Hunt podcast, and it's decent. It's all right. Hey, this is Bud Fisher with Catching Deers, and I think the Where to Hunt podcast is all right. It's all right. You look all right. <laughs> Whew. How you feeling? Better now. Yeah? Yeah. Better now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast. The podcast that connects Whoa. public land hunting enthusiasts, aka the OKS podcast in the Midwest. In the Midwest, gotta get that part in there. Sorry, can't be That's your line. Yeah, uh, and uh, we're coming at you from the OKS Hunter podcast studio. Look, if you haven't heard of the OKS Hunter, well, you're probably like the best hunter ever, <laughs> or you're living under a rock. Yeah, I guess way. so. Everybody knows what that is. Look, go to www do i have to say that now go to okshunter.com and uh take a look at stuff look this is the antler cap i'm showing the camera if you're listening you can't see it but it's just this puny little antler that we love that represents the OKS hunter nothing wrong with that can enter in code w2h podcast and save yourself 10 percent. and know that when you buy something from their website it goes to two percent for conservation yeah that's awesome um yeah greg what's up man how are you doing all right uh, can't complain we're getting closer by the day. Closer and closer and closer. And you got the HHA sports t-shirt on. I can mm-hmm. see the Tetra back there in the background. Mm-hmm. Looks lovely on that bare bow mm-hmm. of yours. Mm-hmm. We'll do, um, let's do a backwoods grind ad. All right, do it. Wake up and smell the coffee. Backwoods grind coffee, that is. This ain't your fancy schmancy city boy coffee. This is what your grandpappy used to drink. And lucky enough for you loaf around slack asses, they got a subscription service. Deliver any other six blends right to your door. Even a sampler. I like the fireside blend. Nice and dark. But they got something to suit every one of your tastes. Light to dark and everything in between. Backwoods Grind Coffee for those who work hard and play harder. Take a look at your feet. Are you wearing Gum Leaf USA boots? You said no. You gotta reevaluate some things. Each pair is handmade and tested to take over a million flexes. These boots will take just about anything you can throw at them. Use promo code W2H2020 for 10% off your final purchase at gumleafusa.com. So, okay, the backwoods grind thing, it'll happen, I promise. But 
it gives me an opportunity to talk about it more. So uh, if you want to save 10% off of your subscription order where you can like have it show up at your door every month like we do, or just a single bag or a sampler pack, you can enter in code W2H podcast for 10% off. Save money where you can. Sounds like uh, we're in for an increase of 3%, 3 to 4% in groceries and this we'll year. we'll see so. what happens. Uh, you got a, you got a thing to do. I always have a thing to do. <laughs> when isn't there a thing to do? I don't know. You're a pretty busy guy. Well, I know. Busy talking about that arrow right there. Yeah, that Vector Custom Shop arrow that you got on your uh, sweet bow over there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for a set of arrows custom built to your spec, look no further than Vector Custom Shop. Um, head on over to VectorCustomShop.com. You can try them out, so to speak. Try them before you buy them, sort of, uh, by ordering a, a, a two-pack of arrows. It's a test pack. Um, you can play around with whatever weights you want and have them build you know, a test pack. Try them out, and once you figure out what you want to shoot, then you can go with a half dozen or a dozen uh, just by heading on over to VectorCustomShop.com. Uh, when you go to checkout, use code where to hunt. And that should save you 10% off of Vector Custom Shop Arrows. Well, how about that? Boom. And this is where we'd normally say, uh, we have a guess, but we don't. So let's just turn the music up for a second. You can wail on the uh, air guitar. I have, I, have a, I have another song on here, I think. Let's, let's just... Ooh, that's our Vector song. Is that our Shot of the Week song? Yeah. I guess we'll take a second to just mention, if you don't know what the shot of the week is, you haven't listened to the podcast long enough. I mean, like, the duration of an episode. I got your shot of the week right here. That is a good shot of the week. Uh, for those that don't know, if you're listening right now, this is a bullshit session today. We have uh, no guests, so anybody watching live, uh, it's your show. Call in. We want to hear from you. Yeah. But Me- Meanwhile. The, but the shot of the week, I didn't... You distract me with bourbon, you son of a bitch. Well, you got shiny things syndrome. I can't help it. Uh huh. You really know me well. You just yeah. played right into that. Well, I played right you into played it. You played into yeah, it. Jesus. Caught you, man. So it's, it's just sharing a story with us about a shot you've taken at an animal. That's it. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to have to listen to one of my really sad and unfortunate shots. I don't know. We're going to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We also have tactic talk. That's a thing. Yeah. Running that weekly. Um, yeah, you're getting some good guys on there. It's fun. We're getting real granular. We, we're going to release one uh, this week with uh, Jacob Emery. Talking cool. about early season uh, public land access. Nice. Trying to like do it so it matches the season. Yeah. Well, that's a good theme to go with. Mm-hmm. Seasonal. Mm-hmm. I mean. You know, we are seasonal. That's true. Uh, what else? We're starting uh, Rut Club Radio in less than a month in September. September. So, I mean, the rut's obviously not in September, but no. we start to get stories. We want to build on it. So when it actually uh, takes off, we're not like, no one knows what the hell that is. I think people know what it is by now. I would think. Well, the, the people I know know. If you don't yeah. know, now you know, Hunter. Sure. Um, my fr- Oh, yeah. Memorable hunts. That's a thing. I'm just that talking about all thing. the shit we're doing right now real quick. Yeah. Usually I tack the stuff on at the very end of the episode and I doubt no one, I doubt anyone listens that long. You never know. We also do some stuff with E Hunter. They do like a news segment, and then uh, look at this cool shirt I'm wearing today, Deervane. Yeah, our buddy Anthony Heller there mm-hmm. in your neck of the woods, there, guy. Yeah. Yeah. 
gives us some practical tips every week. That's all right. We need that. Practical so, tips. Yeah. Because we're not practical. No. I'm not. We know you're not. I just told you I couldn't put a door in my house. Yeah, we're going to have to work on that. <laughs> I mean, I did it. It's just, it's not working so great now. No, it doesn't close real well. It kind of bites. Yeah, it but it doesn't always do that. Angle. I don't know what the, sometimes it's beautiful. Sometimes it's like, whoa, would I piss you off or no, what? Um, we'll have to look at the, the closer. Oh, the closer. Well, coffee's for closers. Yeah, well. Um, we know you've had enough of it today. Usually I had some really strong coffee this morning. I didn't mean to brew it as strong as I did, but I like laid it on thick. Oh, I had a boy. Got up early, did the gym thing. Hey, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. What are you doing to prep for the season right now? Well, I'm shooting my bow. I got some Vector Custom Shop arrows coming to the house tomorrow. Very nice. So I'll go from two to six, I think, is what I'm getting. Hopefully. Um, we got you help me get the HHA Tetra on there, mm-hmm. which is an upgrade from the HHA Optimizer. Yeah. The difference there I love, by the way. I don't know if anybody knows what that is but first of all it's a single pin site made here in wisconsin and the both of them are well of course yeah both of them are so they the, make, the, yeah hha is a brand yes right but both models that you had both hha yep. sites were single, single pin, pin adjustable yep. sites the other one was more of a pendulum style mm-hmm. it had, it you had, had to like undo something and then up, physically and move it yourself yep, you're moving the arm up and down yeah like a pendulum this one here has got the ninja star on it and once you figure out what what you need for yardages with your arrows and your current setup, then you can kind of go through and find the tape that's right and then apply it onto the wheel. And it's awesome. Yeah. I love it. You just turn the wheel and you're, you're good to go. Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, what's up, Dan Anderson, who's uh, watching live? Jeff Genke, what's up? Greg, Greg Byers, I'm not sure if you're still there, but what's going on, everybody? Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson, Mr. Too ganky. Phone line's hot. Phone line's hot. Give us a call, 262-757-4122. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, you missed out. If you're watching, the phone might be ringing. If you're so, watching. So, back to your question. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just kind of doing what you're doing. Getting my bow prepped as much as I can with the time that I got. Mm-hmm. Shooting when I can. Mm-hmm. Um, I could probably shoot. I probably could shoot in, in our basement. I got a long enough lane there. You do have a long enough lane there. Yeah. Uh, or yeah, I could shoot into the garage and see how the neighbors react to that. We got away with it a few times, but you never know. It was like the dead of winter. It was cold when we did it last. That was when, uh, Isaac with Vector was here. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Isaac and Michael were here. That's right. What's up? What's up, Zebediah? You're on, Zeb. you're on, you're on next week. You could be on tonight too, if you want to call in. Um, but yeah. And then other than that too, you and I hung a trail cam and you checked a whole bunch of them that you had already hung. Mm-hmm. So you've been sending me some sweet photos every day. Yeah. Well, we're in them now. We're in some cool photos. That's all we're in. And most of them because photos have been don't nighttime. kill them. No, no. But they get you excited about killing. Well, them. Yeah, they get you excited about killing them. But you got an idea of what's around for right now. But if we let those cameras roll and say we don't get back to them for a little while, it's really going to tell us what's going on in the future. You know, how deer are moving through that area throughout the season. and Things do change. You know, that one area is going to be subject to dove hunting here real soon. And the other area is going to be subject to dog training. And eventually they're going to be releasing pheasants in all those areas. So 
things are going to get mixed up pretty good. I'm excited. We do have a caller. Can you believe it? Bring it. Where's the Where's my little button here? <phone rings> Mr. Emery, you're live on the show. What's going on? <laughs> Does it say what uh, what I type or what I said? Or oh, I just noticed it right now. Know? You're at the strip club. Is that what's happening? <laughs> Should I tell your pregnant wife? <laughs> <laughs> state your name and a topic you want to talk about. I was like, well, you know, I've had a couple things on my mind lately. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, we don't get paid enough for that. (laughs) You freaking prankster. We just, we just wrapped up you and I a little bit ago, but uh, we'll, we won't touch on that one. We'll we'll leave that one for later in the week, but um, how the hell are you doing, man? I'm good, man. I actually got off the phone with you and went out and stood on my, uh, death sentence homemade DIY saddle platform and shot about 25 times and I just got out of it. Nice. Wow. You survived. Shit. And that amount of time, all I did was do some, some video editing and crack a, crack, crack a beer here with Greg. <laughs> <laughs> You're way more productive than me. That video editing. Yeah, it does. It's time consuming. It's yep. tedious. It is very time consuming. I made a, made a little highlight clip of all my hunts. And I messed with it for four or five days, changing stuff. And it's like 33 seconds long. And I bet I spent at least seven hours working on it. Oh, man. You're trying to jam all the good stuff in there. It's like, it's like prepping for a fireworks show. You spend all this time buying, prepping, getting everything good to go. And you light the fuse and you're done. That's it. All that prep. Exactly. Just gone. Burns like phosphorus. Exactly. Phosphorus. Is that what I'm thinking? When does y'all season come up up there? Middle of September here. My daughter's birthday. When is your daughter's birthday? September 12th. Oh, we got it a little early this year. Mm-hmm. Nice. Wow. It's always around Man. my birthday. So, so I won't be in the woods that day. Yeah. When does your season start? You're So I know you're in Indiana. You are hunting Kentucky and Tennessee. Where are you going first? And I know you got a baby right around the corner too. I, not two. I don't have one. Uh, yeah. Just a birthday. <laughs> Wait, what are you not sharing with us? Oh, look. Oh, yeah, we, went, uh, we actually went to the baby doctor today and found out that she is three centimeters dilated. So oh. in the next, I Come would on. say, three or four days, it's going to happen. Hopefully it's, you know, tonight. Um, that'd be great. Um but I kind of talked to her about it. It's like, well, honey, you know, since, you know, and it looks like baby's going to come a little early, it seems like I can go ahead and make it, you know, early season hunt down there in Tennessee. And, oh, uh, well, you know, maybe if you buy me that purse that I've been talking about, we'll, we'll see if you can make it. Like, Do shit. it. Did you, you just went Here's on Amazon right then and there and got it done, uh, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so their season down there is starting August 28th. Oh, wow. And, uh, I am probably more excited about that hunt than any other hunt that I have planned this fall. Yeah, that's super early. That'll be a chance. And it's hot a, down there too. Yeah, that'll be a chance at a velvet buck. Oh, well, I, the the deer I killed down there last year was the biggest body deer I ever killed. He only you know measured uh, ninety seven inches worth of antler, so he's nothing to talk about for the wall. But he was just massive. Big body but, deer. Um, yeah, I killed him on August August twenty fourth. Wow, that's super early. Yep. How is the drag on that freaking hog? Yeah, 
Well, I packed them out. Um, the, the thing about those deer down there is where I was hunting is a chronic wasting disease zone. So you could use a muzzleloader last year, uh, which I, I killed them with a muzzleloader, about 30 yards with open sights. And um, I actually had an XO mountain gear pack last year, and there wasn't no way in hell I was dragging that thing out. I cut him up, quartered him, and packed him out. And um, next morning, had to take him to a taxidermist and have them uh, remove the cape or the head. Or, I didn't really save his cape, but had to remove all the brain matter from the skull plate for me to even take it home and then had to take the remains to a freezer that they have conveniently located all over the place, fill out a form and drop the head in this uh, freezer bag and they test it for chronic wasting disease. Sure. It's quite a hunt, dude. Yep. Wow. So yeah, you're, you're itching for it. So as long as you have your kid, when, when, like when's oh. the latest you're going to be allowed to go? Let me look at my calendar here. As long as he comes, <laughs> in my opinion, uh, as long as he comes before a week from now, I should be set, which I don't see her making it that long. I mean, she's had a little boy before, and, um, I mean, she went exactly three weeks early last time, which is, you know, we're right on the dot of that. So if she's a ticking time bomb like she was last time, we're going to be on our way to the hospital soon. Good. Holy cow, man. Well, I thought, yeah, if we don't talk to you soon, congrats. Yeah, man. Well, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Oh, and I found out today I got drawn for a, a army base up here in Kentucky, Fort Knox. Got oh. drawn for a quota hunt up there. So I'm pretty excited about that, too. You're going to be That's a pretty cool. Whitetail hunting fiend here soon. That's good stuff. <laughs> as much as I can be, I guess. The 28th, dude. I mean, like ours, that's like two and a half, three weeks before that's us. Two and a half weeks before us. That's really roughly. I would give my left nut, like no joke, if they would open season that early here in Kentucky because it seems like every year I've got a really nice deer pattern. Got him on a freaking, you know, hook and line and just watch him every afternoon. And like three or four days before season, he gone. I don't know what he does. They just disappear into thin air. Yeah, they they move off. They Either they get pressured by too many guys out scouting, looking around, or they just, they know it's, yeah, it's feeling like the air's changing and it's time to move off to a different place. It's funny how they know that. That's why they... Yep, that's why they get as big as they do. Jacob, what what uh, saddle are you hunting out of? Um, when I was with the hunting grounds, I'm, I'm not going to lie, Trophy Line hooked us up, and they all sent uh, a couple of us a saddle to try out. And um, I went down and hunted with the Southern Outdoorsman guys last year, well, Jacob Myers, and uh, he literally taught me how to use a saddle the night before I shot that buck down there in a tree in a Popeye's chicken parking lot. And I was like, man, this, you know, this is pretty neat. I'd only heard about him up till then. And I had my climber and everything with me. I was going to take down there. He's like, no, dude, you just, I got an extra platform. I've got a saddle. You need to try it. And I was just amazed. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I, I hate to sound like one of the fanboys or whatever, but it's like <laughs> game changer, you know? Like, yeah. But if it, God, if man. it works, it I'm works. And and for that's right, it, it, exactly for hunting with a rifle or or a muzzleloader, 
even a shotgun for that matter, you can use the tree as a rest. I mean, you can't ask for a better yeah. situation for, for gun, I don't think, unless you're hunting out of a big platform stand with a railing around it. You've got a nice steady rest there. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, that actually benefited from that last year. Nice. Uh, using the tree, like you said. That's pretty cool. I was just curious. We're, uh, we might be trying some of those out this year ourselves. So yeah. uh, maybe not that awesome. brand, but saddle nonetheless, and we're pretty jacked about it. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think they're, they're – I'm not, I'm not sure on the history of saddles, but I feel like they were one of the first people to come out with them, if not the first. I don't know, so don't quote me on that. Yeah, between Trophy Line doing, trophy um, line and uh, New Tribe or Arrow Hunter, they were probably one of the first to come out, and then – Tethered came out and really did a bunch of work and, and kind of made some things, made some changes, uh, made them a bit more comfortable, and I guess that'll be debatable if you I talk agree. to different guys, of course. But um, there's a handful of other companies out there, you know, that that are being pretty diligent about keeping their eye on what saddle guys want. and uh, We're going to start yeah. seeing more and more I'm offerings. I'm excited. Just, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see more people get into the saddle game because I'm not going to lie, some of these prices that they have are are crazy. Um, like you're you're paying for something that's a quarter of the size of a tree stand for a platform, and you're paying more than you're paying for a freaking lock on. You right. Know? It's like, oh, my God. When it's all well, said and done, ain't that much metal on that sucker, you know. Right. When it's all said and done, I mean, you're anywhere from if you're going and buying a, a platform, you know, it's 190 to call it 200 i think lone wolf custom gears is like well north of 200 maybe two and a half almost three 299 yeah 299 for that that platform could change that's a chunk of change and then you got another 300 bucks into a saddle and all the all the rest of the stuff the bridge and everything else carabiners and whatnot so that's a lot of money into a saddle and platform but you know, if you think of it like this, if, if you got a big lease or something like that you're hunting or, you know, you ha- you pre-hang stands, it's like you get a set of 20-foot climbing sticks, real heavy ones from Roll King or whatever, and you buy the big game or big dog, whatever it is, lock on. And, I mean, you buy seven of those, and, I mean, you're looking at uh, over $1,000. Oh, for setup, sure. You know, for something you got to keep going to move where you can, you know, invest one time in sticks, a platform, yep. and a, a saddle, and you might have a thousand dollars invested, but you can go anywhere. One almost, like you can virtually hunt almost any tree. Right, and the other anytime. added the other added uh, benefit I feel is that's your safety harness too. You're not messing around and trying to make sure you remembered your safety harness because it's you're wearing it. Right. Here we are, fanboy. Have on you guys saddles. seen any of the? Uh, go ahead. So I was going to ask you if you guys have seen any of the uh, the one stick method people that they climb the tree with one <laughs> stick and an aider, hang off the side of the tree, move the stick up, lock it in place, put their foot in the aider, climb up the stick, hang off the side of the tree, and they keep doing it until they get to the desired hunting height. And of course, you've got your platform attached to your saddle, and they hang their platform, they climb up on it, and they hunt. And then you know when they're done, they throw a rope around the tree and put a descender on their that rope that goes all the way to the ground 
tie a small rope to that rope, and they drop all the way to the ground so we can yank that one rope, and the whole thing just drops. Mm-hmm. I was, I seen it the other day on YouTube, and I'm like, now that's freaking cool. <laughs> yeah, and some guys will wear, wear the spikes. I got a buddy that's that's a, a tree trimmer for the power company, and I watch him go up stuff, you know, with one rope, no sticks, nothing. It's like, oh, okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's another level of dedication to trying to be as simplistic as possible. It's crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, shit, man, thanks well, guys, for, thanks for, jump yeah. off here. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for calling. For so, um, <laughs> Go give right, birth buddy. tonight, man. We'll Good talk to you later. You <laughs> All right, man. We'll talk to you. All right. Bye. It does say uh, he want to talk about the strip club. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice until he Leave said something. Jacob. I was like, look at that. Leave it to Jacob. That's great. So, yeah. The saddle stuff has got me excited. I I just like learning and trying new stuff. Right. You know, that's a big part of it for me. There's, there's the learning tool. and trying new stuff, but... Even the HHA and the Vector, like, all of it. There's some points in the year, though, too, where you look at it go it wouldn't be a smart thing to do to jump horses mid-race. Right. So the you fact know? that we're getting in beforehand. Possibly. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm I'm ready to toss my lone wolf and sticks right up the tree. I can do you're that. You're good to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're all I'm set. I'm pretty proficient with it. I'm confident in that set. So no big deal there. All my stuff's ready to roll. Anytime I need it, grab it off the pegboard in the garage and run with it. By the way, uh, Jose says... What's up, guys? And we say, what's up? Jose. Awesome. Uh, he said he just got home from cleaning up from the wicked storm that they got there in Iowa. Iowa got hammered. Uh-huh. Yep. Jose like, they said the straight winds were as bad as a hurricane, just a storm without an eye, basically. Mm-hmm. So yep. that's nuts, man. No tornado, but there's stuff that's it's weird stuff that happened. There's trees that are tore out, but then there's like little garden ornaments that are sitting there never touched never even harmed mm-hmm. but the the big hundred year old oak tree right next to him is turned up by its roots go figure <laughs> interesting he says he's got a couple uh giants showed up on his cameras that's exciting are they walking during the day you know you could, if you if you have a chance so you can give us a call too we can just chat with you um that way too and, and by the way the phone lines are hot the phone line's hot they're open it's open, open 113 mile per hour winds he said yikes I mean, we had a storm blow through here. Man, we it we much. caught the weekend of that, so all the all the heavy stuff was to the south of us, um, probably by thirty miles or more. Uh, that that whole storm system came rolling right through the north side of Iowa. Well, might even been more than that, but we just got a small dose of it. We yeah, hardly get anything. Which I'm thinking twenty for. minutes south of here, they got Racine got pretty bad. Yeah, I mean they got. Five or six inches of rain, we got a half an inch. That's nuts. Yeah. Man, Mother Nature, huh? Well, she doesn't take her pills. <laughs> right, we're going to take a quick break from our, our uh, podcast here and uh, get a word in from Vector Custom Shop. They are uh, the sponsor of the-, the Shot of the Week. And this week we hear a story from our co-host, Greg, about his first year. But really, you should know more about Vector Custom Shop. And if you don't, head on over to VectorCustomShop.com and you can use code 
wear the number two in the word hunt for 10% off. And look, these arrows are built to your specifications. So whether that's uh, factoring in things like your draw length, weight, um, hunting style, ground, uh, tree stand, type of game, whitetail versus elk, etc. We're gonna make sure that this arrow is set up for what you're trying to accomplish. You can have some success with that. Let's hear what Greg has to say. So sh my shot that I recall quite well was the first year I ever shot with a bow. Uh, it was a doe way up in Ashland. So I don't know if you're familiar with Ashland, but I went up there with some buddies. Uh, it's probably a five-hour run from here, but it's overlooking Shawamigan Bay. So we had this piece of private that my buddy, his family owned. It might have been 120 acres. So we go up there, and more or less it was to party with those guys because those guys were always hitting the bars. So my buddy goes, all right, you can shoot whatever you want because you've never shot anything. And I'm 22 years old. I hadn't shot anything with a bow yet. In fact, I think I'd missed more deer than anything at that point in my life. So, and I'd quit deer hunting a little bit too. I just gave it up. We go up there first night. I, he tells me where this ladder stand is. I make the trek across, get across a creek. There were salmon swimming in the creek. It's pretty cool. Get up this ridge, find the ladder stand, and I get about two rungs up the ladder stand, and I look across the top of the ridge. It was all grass. They must have logged it off, and it was grass with a couple of pine trees. There's a buck standing out there probably about 150 yards down the ridge, and he's rubbing up a, a pine tree. So I'm pretty jacked about that. I see a buck right away, right as I get to the stand. Well, I get up the stand, get my bow up the stand real quietly, and I'm sitting there, and the buck goes down the other side of the ridge. I don't see anything for probably an hour and a half, two hours. So I'm just sitting in there. Then all of a sudden I hear crunching below from behind me, and these three does come up from behind me right underneath. Well, here they had had, they must have had a mineral block or a salt block or something there. And these does had come there to fall off the ground and, and eat it. Well, they're literally three yards off the ladder. In fact, one of them came and smelled the ladder and looked right up at me. And, and I'm just sitting there as still as I can be, still as a statue. They turn away and it quit sniffing the ladder and it went over and pawed at the ground with the other two. Well, I lined up on one, came to full draw, and as I came to full draw, they saw movement above them, and they, they jumped and, and kind of scattered. And the one had stopped, and I had moved, saw Brown, and I, I punched the release. Punched the release, the arrow went, I heard a, a crack, a pop, loud pop. The deer bucked. It ran a big circle 30 yards and stopped 15 yards from my stand and coughed. Where the heck did I hit this thing? I'm looking and I don't see I don't see a bloody spot where I should see a bloody spot. I, should, I don't see anything from behind the shoulder, you know, and it's coughing and it's coughing. And I see blood coming out of its nose, but I can't figure out where I hit this thing. So it sidesteps and it kind of, wanders 
off to the other side of the ridge, gets behind some pine trees, and then pops back out and coughs again. It just keeps coughing. That's all I hear is this doe coughing. What is going on? Where did I hit this thing? Well, then finally it kind of looked over my direction and just collapsed. It collapsed right next to the pine trees and the tall grass. So I pulled my binoculars up, and I looked, and the tree is painted full of blood. Again, though, where did I hit it? I had no clue where I hit this thing. So I go back to the to camp. One buddy was still out hunting. The other one was on his way back. He met me at the at the door. What are you doing back so early? I said, Well, I think I got one. What do you mean you think you got one? So, well, I hit it. Well, where'd you hit it? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? He was pretty pissed off at me. So we're going back and forth. I don't know where I hit it. Well, did you see it go down? I said, no, it, it kept going. I saw it go down, but I had to play it out a little bit because I had him pretty good and riled. We waited for my buddy Kenny to get back. Kenny comes back, and actually I walked down the trail to go find him, and he, he meets up with me in the dark. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, dude, I got one. You did? Yeah. Buck or doe? I said, oh, I got a doe. Oh, cool. Really, really happy for me. I said, don't tell Todd I saw it go down, but just play with this, okay? All right. He's just laughing. So we go back, and Todd's all pissed off. He's throwing stuff around camp. Well, get on the four-wheeler. Let's go. So we all pile on, and he's grumpy as shit. We go motoring up the up the trail, across the creek, up the ridge. We get across. I hadn't found my arrow or anything. I had no clue where I hit this thing. So he's like, well, where'd you hit it? Let's go right up to the stand. So I go up to the stand. Yep, it was right here, over here. And there's nothing on the ground. And and then Kenny, Kenny kind of nudges me on the arm. He looks and he points about 10 feet away. And it looked like someone had taken a five-gallon pail of blood and just poured it out. And every deer that way, everywhere that deer had walked, it was just a wide trail of red. So we're walking along. And Todd's like, whoa. I don't know where you hit it. You probably didn't hit it at all. I don't even see your arrow around here. It's probably sticking in it someplace. <laughs> Kenny's just laughing. So we let Todd get all pissed off, and we 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 go over to the, the blood, and Kenny's like, oh, look at the blood over here. Jesus Christ, what did you hit that thing with? My bow. You know, I hit it. Where'd you hit it? I don't know. Come on. So, well... All right, Todd, it's it's laying over there. You son of a bitch. Oh, you're a freaking asshole. He was pissed at me. He was pissed at me for leading him on and getting him all riled up, which it was easy to get him riled up anyway. So walk over there, and here all the coagulated blood had bubbled. Come to find out, I hit the deer because I led the deer, which I shouldn't have done. I punched the release, which I shouldn't have done. All rookie mistakes. Somehow it it worked out. I hit it directly in the back of the neck below the base of the skull. And it came out the middle of the throat patch, that white patch of fur. A perfect, I was shooting thunderheads at the time, three-bladed hole. I took out all the main arteries going from the neck to the brain to the heart. It, right there. Done. And went, wow. went 50 yards and piled up. It was done. Wow. 
You just couldn't see it though. Based but on no, your, I had yeah. no clue because I was thinking, you know, in my mind, I'm going to shoot this thing in the vitals. It's going to go through the lungs, through the lungs, through the heart area. That's where I was always taught to shoot. You know, don't shoot unless you're 100% sure of it. So close. Had to be lungs. No, I, I must have pulled high on it. Or I did something wrong, but it turned out right. Greg, that's a great story, and uh, thanks for sharing that one with us this week, man. Uh, let's get back into our, our little BS session for the week. That All that blowdown, though, that's uh, talk about like clear cuts and stuff like that, and what that oh, does yeah. for the vegetation for the deer habitat. Oh, that just, that just rearranged the entire habitat. We went to Governor Dodge State Park with uh, Holly before we got married. We're still dating, and we went camping there, and there's something that had blown through recently. Uh, back then when Walker was still in office here in Wisconsin, all the him and the secret service cars are driving up to assess the damage. Mm-hmm. And we got there and the, the, you know, the person at the attendant at the camp, they're like, that's just the governor. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> it was like, you know, six suburbans or something like that, black yeah. ones. And I was like, Oh man. So we ended up putzing around in the woods and it, it was just like giant, giant trees snap like toothpicks. Right. You know, the paths that were, you know, meant for hiking trails, like we're going to do, we can't even get back there. Couldn't find them, but nor anything was. Got some photos of it. It was pretty intense. What year was that? Uh, would have been, 2014 maybe yep. 20 because I, yeah. I think that's the same year the tornado went through eagle hmm. came right out of the yeah that was a bad one too yeah or right around cool that on. and i remember going and fixing air conditioners there were air conditioners that were pulled off their pad and and tossed against the house and laying on their side still attached to the line sets and had to recover all of them and turn them back on their sides and remount them some of them i just ended up replacing because they were so beat up Jeez. snapped off venting all sorts of crazy stuff. But yeah, Mother Na- Mother Nature's not nice to things. Not at all. She can't be. She can be. She's not. When that happens, that's rough. Right. So what else are you doing to, I mean, if we're just talking season prep, like, what are you excited about the most? Well, it's easy to get excited about the trail cam pictures I'm getting on my cameras, right? But I run into this every year. I get pictures of deer, and there's some dandies. But... I don't leave my cameras up for real long. I usually take them down before season because I'm always worried about them getting stolen. I do, some of them I do lock to trees and some of them I'm getting better about hiding them in different places. So I don't, not too often do I place cameras in the same spot all the time just because I'm trying to figure out a certain piece. But I'm just excited to be able to go. Um, I'm excited that this year I don't have to pass on anything. You know, last year with selling our house and moving conveniently and probably the worst time to, during deer season, you know, right at the end of October, and then finally getting settled into our house the week before gun season, uh, it really put a damper on things. But, you know, like I told you, my second night out, I passed on a, a really nice eight-pointer, probably a 120-inch eight-pointer. And, and that was the night that we got the phone call from the realtor that I was literally on my way down the path of the public with my buddy, my phone blows up in my, my pocket. It's the realtor to telling me that we have an accepted offer on the house. There's no contingencies. It's time to roll. No sooner did I hang up with her. My wife had called me and said she had also heard from the realtor. So the realtor called her first and said, honey, you better not shoot anything tonight. I'm like, oh, yeah, you can't shoot anything tonight because we got we to gotta get moving. We got to move. I like to butcher my own deer. 
so I was like, well, okay, I guess. I don't know if it's a really nice deer. I really don't want to pass on it. Well, short story here. It, we're in the stands. Buddy's on one end of the marsh. I'm on the other end. He's texting me. See that deer? Yup, I see the deer. Saw a deer out there, out in the cattails. Ten minutes later, there's another one that's bigger. I don't see it. And just as I I go to respond, I hear kaplutch, kaplutch, kaplutch. I hear it coming. And I look right around right around these cedars. There's some cedars that were growing on the edge of these cattails. And there he is. He shows up. He's past the years. He's got real long G2s. The rest of them's kind of short. His brow tines aren't real big, but he's a nice deer. And I looked and I thought, and I got my bow off the hanger and I'm ready. He's coming closer. He stops at about 18 yards and he turns broadside. He's kind of looking around. I hook my release on. I go to pull back. And then I think about it. He's not bigger than the last one I got. I really don't want to shoot him. Or do I? (laughs) And he looks my direction towards my tree and then he looks up straight up at me oh i picked a tree that didn't have a whole lot of green on it yeah silhouetted i think i got silhouetted he didn't blow he didn't lift his tail and run off he just kind of sidestepped back onto his trail and started trotting back the other direction back towards the cattails but i could have pasted him pretty easily but i didn't because my wife had asked me not to yeah but when do husbands ever listen to their wives I mean, I say I'm not doing my job unless I'm annoying her. She tells me usually four times a day. I do plenty of other stuff to annoy her. (laughs) (laughs) I do enough stuff to annoy her the way it is, I'm sure. (laughs) Like, he walked into my arrow. I let it fly. And then I, 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 you know, I I turn and then he he actually ran into it. Yeah. could have. No, I let him walk. (laughs) So. The one that got away. Well, and that's okay. And then I hunted another piece and saw several other deer and could have shot those too, but they weren't what I wanted to shoot. You know, I've got different goals than, than you would or anybody yep. else would. And don't yep. let anybody tell you, you know, what you should or shouldn't do. It's my tag. I'll do what I want with it. That's right. No, if it's off. your tag, you're going to do what you want with it. I should wear my shirt. Never pass. Well, Never pass on whatever the hell makes you happy. You yeah. know, um, shoot what you want to shoot. I mean, I have intentions of shooting a doe. Some good freezer meat. Mm-hmm. You want to get that dough first, right? I mean, that's I'm, usually I'm going to get the dough goes. Honestly, unless you see something that's like yeah, a shooter I mean, buck, right? I've got a pretty good idea where I can go and harvest the dough and be pretty unintrusive with a buck. If I got really good intel on a buck, I'm probably going to go chase that buck first. You know, I wonder if you have an answer to this question that uh, has been burning at me for some time now. And uh, maybe it'll turn into tactic talk. Maybe you and I just do one, but. And, or maybe you just answer the question now and you tell me what you got. But you know, it's often been said that people ought to, if you, if you go where the does are, the bucks will show up. And that's that's rut hunting to some degree. Yeah, that I've is. I've heard that. I've heard that. I've heard that. What truth is there to that? Have you ever, like, oh, there's a my, bunch of does here. The bucks might come cruising along, scent check them and whatever, right? My experience has been doe bedding areas are, you're going to see mostly does from, Opening weekend on. It's not to say a buck won't oh, be yeah, in yeah. there hiding out yep. because the, the does are good watchdogs. Mm-hmm. They can they can blow the whistle at any time. I've literally seen bucks hang back and watch does. All the time. 
And if they're looking at something, you know, eh, they don't really I've like. seen that. I mean, I've seen that not just in the public land marshes, but when I hunted Shaniqua also. Yep. You know, it's like hunting park deer. Yep. You still see it. Whitetail behavior is whitetail behavior. Sure. They're using them they're to their advantage. They're still using them to their advantage. Go ahead, guinea pig. Go yeah. ahead. So the bucks are smart. Me. They, you know, the older mature bucks are smart. They're they're going to hang back and they're going to watch the show happen as it, mm-hmm. as it does. I, my experience has just said that if you got a lot of does around, chances are you're going to end up, you're going to have a good chance of shooting a doe. Mature buck, probably not so much during the early season. During the rut, that last few days of October into November, doe bedding areas are going to be pretty hot. Is that piece I had in Shaniqua? There's always does there. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of crazy because I wouldn't see much of any bucks like early season. I had one one year I did have a, a pretty nice 10-pointer. You know, and conveniently he waited for the does to come out. And the wind picked up, and he circled around and came on the downwind side. And he stayed, you know, 50, 60 yards away up the ridge and wanted nothing to do with coming down, but the does were right underneath me. Hmm. So I ended up taking a doe. So that's more of a rut tactic. Yeah, it's more of a rut tactic. If they're all hot and unbothered and mm-hmm. feisty or whatever, if you get on the does, you might have a good chance of seeing sure. something come through, checking them out. Yeah, I mean, but I'm sure there's more experienced guys out there, guys that have had... Now, if you're, if Better. you're, uh, sorry, dude, if you're hunting, if you're hunting for dough, damn it, uh, like if you're just hunting for a meat dough, uh, or an eater dough, um, what, I mean, you're just, are you following like buck betting tactics for that? What are food. you doing? Food, man. Just get by the food. If you, if you put your time in and find out where the doughs like to bed, it's usually in pretty close proximity to, to the food and a water source, maybe even, I mean, this time of year. They don't necessarily need a ton of water, do they? Because all the green mass that they're eating, it's got plenty of it's got cooking. plenty of moisture yeah. in it. So, I mean, yeah, they'll need a drink, but the green stuff is going to keep them hydrated. Go figure. So that makes sense, right? Uh, if you put a bunch of leaves in a juicer, you're you're drinking. You're drinking. Um, someone I forget who it was. Uh, one of our listeners actually had messaged us uh, and asking on how to hunt a mature doe. And mainly, I think it's because he had a vendetta against the mature doe for blowing at him all the time. <laughs> He's like, you want to take this? I want to take her out. Find out what she likes to eat. I was watching The Hunt in Public. Uh, I finally had like, look, I've just been turning. I don't have anything else to turn on TV. I don't know what to put on the TV. So I just hunt in public on YouTube. It's like right there all the time, right? I got one for you. Uh, Benelli... Benelli's YouTube page, the Benelli, the shotgun maker, yep. rifle maker. Yep, everybody's dog's uh, name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Come here, Benelli. Go check that out. And uh, Donnie Vincent's. Oh, uh, the uh, Winds of Adak. Winds of Adak. I, awesome. you know, I caught a little bit of it. It looks pretty epic. I was looking at some, I was trying to find like just some education, but I think it was Zach Farenbaugh who had said, look, if you're looking at a map, right, you want to see a lot of color. Mm-hmm. Because if you go to the salad bar, and I think this was Aaron Warburton talking. He's like, if you go to the salad bar as a human, you're not saying you get a bunch of freaking spinach. You're going to throw some croutons on there, some sunflower seeds, you know, a couple other types of lettuce, some right. carrots, some olives, some whatever the hell you're going to do with it. You want some diversity in your diet. And that's what they have right now. Right. It's a salad bar. So they're like, look at the freaking so map. If you see this color here and that color there, you're, you're, you put yourself in the middle right? of that stuff. You find some trails. Yeah, hunt the salad bar of the land. Right. 
Mm-hmm. I think it's a good tactic. I mean, it's good else? advice, but it, it helps you think about like, well, you know, I'm looking at terrain it, features. I'm looking at water. I'm looking at funnels. They're still going to use some terrain features. Mm-hmm. They're going to use edges, right? You look on any edge where, where there's a transition from willows to they feel safe. The grass. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to hug them willows. They're going to run along. Now, yeah, there are trails that are going through the middle of the grass, and if the grass is tall, like some of that stuff we walk oh, through. Oh, jeez, yeah. They, they'll That's go 10 through, feet tall. They'll go through that stuff all day long. Sure. They're bedded in there, too. Yep. So it makes it tough. Yep. So you're just going to have to kind of pick something and go with it. Go I don't with wanna, your gut. I don't want to give too much away from the tactic talk, but, um, you know, if – you talked about this last time we talked about some of the are just everyone's hunting beans, beans, beans. Well, eventually those beans turn brown and they don't want yeah, them anymore. I mean, by opening weekend, we're not they're not gonna be chewing on beans. The beans are gonna be yellow. You know, so so like think about that for a second, because if there's a lot of hunters that are like, I've been seeing deer and bean fields, that's where I'm going. Now you know that a lot of other hunters are gonna be focused on those bean fields. Um, but from an early season standpoint, if it is like an August thing, if you're in Tennessee or wherever the hell uh, it's a good time. So those yeah, deer might be possibly. bedding down in in there, mm-hmm. you know. So now you're thinking, well, where are they bedding? They're bedding right where they're eating. How yeah. do you deal well, with that? Well, and honestly, I got I'm on one of my trail cameras. I got a doe. I got a couple does that and and a buck. People that say, "Oh, stay away from green corn during during uh, you know Early beginning season of the season." Right, sure. I got them on video, just mauling corn. Mm-hmm. They're they're picking the baby cobs. They're eating them. I got a doe that darn near lays down in front of the camera and, and, and eats it. Maybe not <laughs> quite like, lays down, but and teach she's, deer, and she's don't eating select eat. leaves off of each corn stalk. And there's oh, corn sure. stalks where they're clipped off mm. waist high. The deer just clipped them right off. Matt so, says, what's up, guys? What's up, Matt? Matt Galbrecht, how's it going? Phone lines are hot. I want to be hearing more of the, uh, where's my ring sound again? Is it green? And We are not. I can't remember. I got it open here. I need to be hearing more of this. That's not what your mother said, Trebek. <laughs> Suck it, Trebek. Don't hear nonsense. Um, anywho, you know we're we're kind of swaying here and there, here and there, but yeah, it's we're not, down rabbit holes it's and not, wormholes. It's not terrible else. rabbit holes. These are these are good rabbit holes. These are uh, good topics. I want to know how about. But like it's, if it's, it's easy to get overwhelmed with this, right? You, that, maybe your kind of, goal maybe for early season is to fill your freaking freezer because it's been a while since you've had some venison. You might have eaten it all. I was stingy with mine. I still have some it. left. Not very I, much, but we're getting I did, down there. I did, so I have venison brats left and maybe some steaks. Um, I did venison brats. I did them a little bit differently this time, and they turned out much better than the last ones I had done. The last okay. ones, I think I just overcooked them, so they were real dry, and like the flavor was just not there. So I don't know if there wasn't enough fat in them or whatever, however they got processed. But um, this time around, they were much better. And this uh, will probably be the first year that I've ever taken venison to have brats made. Did you have the hot dogs at deer camp last year? Oh, yeah, they were great. Holy shit. Those were excellent. Talk about a freaking rabbit hole. Yeah, here we are again. Uh, Matt wants to know how the elk hunt planning is going. Uh, Matt, I think we're more or less officially decided we're going to do Wyoming. That's got a good support as system as we, there. Yeah, we've got a really good support support system. We've got at least three different guys that are willing to help us out one way or another. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I got pretty excited with the last message I was reading about horses. Yeah. Although, I don't want to fall down a freaking mountain. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, not to say that we need that, um, but we're, we're that's what we're thinking. And then it sounds like they're saying do rifle. Or is that what I was getting from that? But that goes against what we... 
maybe one in one area. So yeah. yeah, those fellows said rifle because of, an, that would yeah. be us catching elk coming out of Yellowstone. Yeah, so they're migrating out of Yellowstone at that point, and we stand a good chance of getting something on the ground with with rifle. I really truly would be happy with anything, but I do think. I, I would, I would really do want to experience what everyone's been talking about with the bow. Yeah, so do I. The bugling. I would love to. But for a first-time hunt, and I know our buddies down at uh, Elk Bros, he's like, man, the chances even still with a rifle are not mm-hmm. what everybody makes it out to be. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, the only good thing there is I get 300 yards of chances. Yeah. Rather, 300, than, rather than, you know, 40 feet. 300, 400, 500 I know my rifle will poke out to 500 pretty easily. That's, I could probably, yeah. The Ot 6 will get it. Yeah. It, it won't have a ton I got, of I got a, steam I got the Nikon it, Monarch on mine. It's, and I got it knowing that it could do that. Uh, Matt says he's going on his first Colorado elk hunt this year in September. So that's, that's for you, man. September's like here. Yeah. Uh, we gotta, you got to be jacked. You got to be yeah. running around the house, blowing your bugle, and <laughs> practicing your cow call and driving your family crazy. <laughs> I know I would be. That's what, be doing. That's what it is with turkey season for me. I've got a diaphragm call, driving the dog nuts, making the neighbor's dog go nuts. You got? Yeah. I had a buddy that used to do a duck calls. Yeah, I, when I was like just getting into it, I remember driving through, driving down the highway in my work truck, practicing a duck call or practicing my goose call or whatever it was. Yeah. You get into it, it's one of those things that gets you jacked up, just like looking at trail cam photos or whatever. It's all fun. Any kind of hunting is fun. You know, if if your heart's really into it, just like the night before going on a salmon fishing trip, Mm -hmm. sleep now. I'm going to be at your house at 2 in the morning. What? Yeah, I'm going to be at your house at 2 in the morning. You better have your ass awake. Dude, I haven't even gone to bed yet. Yeah. (laughs) Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. Where are we at here? We got yeah, we got like 15 minutes left. We might get a couple more callers here. Somebody said they had to finish dinner. I think that was Jose. Matt, if you want to call in and talk about your uh, upcoming elk hunt, we'd love to hear about that for sure, considering what we're trying to do. We can learn from you here a little bit. Um, I'm trying to think of the hell else I had. I want to ask you the doe question. I know I knew that. Um, and you're hunting all public land this year. Are you doing any private land? Or? There's no private land for me. No lease, no private, no. Nope. Mm-hmm. I might get access to... Public access to private to the conservancy program. That'd be sweet. We'll see. That's you know, still public because I'll yet. get out because there's enough other guys running around out there. Mm-hmm. I should probably email those guys and ask mm-hmm. if uh, the check cleared so I know that they uh, got it. Honestly, I think we're going to see plenty of pressure on our public lands this year with the whole COVID thing. And It's a good point. And people aren't still all 100% back to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not. I'm I'm working a couple days a week from home and doing projects at work. If I pretty much got free reign to, well, if you feel you need to go in, just go in and do. You mean you go into do. the woods? <laughs> yeah, if you feel you need to go hunting, Greg, yeah. you just go do yeah, that. No, because <laughs> I got other projects to take care of with with work. I got to be responsible with that. But and then two, there's stuff to get done at home. Uh, season's coming and the things aren't getting done, so time to nip it in the butt and. And get it done. What do you got to do? I got to put a garage door opener in. I got to clean the garage, which can be a feat in itself, but it's not too bad. I rented one of those bagsters last time I cleaned my garage in spring. I got to do it again when it gets a little bit cooler. Yeah, I got to call heavy pickup and make an arrangement to get rid of a couple things. Mm -hmm. Um, What else? There's always plenty of things to do, you know, and every time you 
think you're kind of, yeah, everything's good. Something shits the bed. Water heater dies in the house. AC goes out in the house day of the year. Yeah, you, had, you had the AC die. I'm pretty good there. Furnace and AC are in good shape. I keep up on the, on that stuff. But the water heater's old. You keep up on your AC and furnace? Yeah. Shut the, I'm just kidding. I <laughs> Would you think I was serious? No yeah. shit you do. <laughs> <laughs> I am an HVAC guy by trade. That's great. Jeff? Jeff Genke, are you going to call in or what? No, he... We just heard from him. He doesn't want to call in. He's too chicken. He's he's scared. Tell him he said that. I'm sure he can hear me. Just in case he didn't. Did you hear that, Jeff? Scared. We gotta go shoot bows. Yeah, he he's he's he counting on me to tell him the schedule. It's gonna happen. Jeff, from here on out, make sure you message Eric. Ask him when we can shoot bows because it's all depending on his schedule and when he gets his button gear. And butts in gear. It's got to get in the car and drive over. You're something. <laughs> well, and I'm, I take advantage of my little bit of time at home, and I probably shoot every morning before I leave for work. And when I'm home after work, I get a, a few rounds in. Mm-hmm. So. My other house had a better setup for shooting bow. Like, it was a little bit more secluded, had a little more space. Yeah, I'm lucky. You know, I'd burn stuff during the day, you know, whatever. I was burning leaves, cardboard, whatever, and then I'd crack a beer and... Send a couple flying and sure. That's what I did in my old house too. I had the neighbors, both neighbors had fences. I had no backyard neighbors here. I can't shoot outside without the cops being called. So I shoot in my basement, which still it's a nice long twenty yard basement. There it is. Did you hear that, Jeff? He called you a chicken. What are you? Chicken? How's that for a song? I have the wrong number. Sorry. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> what are the ads? What are the ads? Oh, boy. What's, What's up? On? What are you doing? What am I doing? Listening to you regarding ramble. We're rambling. Oh, we're good at rambling. What's this? I messaged Eric a million times. Hey, come on over. Let's go fishing. Come on over. Let's go shoot some books. Oh, I can't. Can't. Come on, Eric. I got these two kids here. It's just hard. Bring them with. I can bring, bring, I can bring one of them. Yeah, yeah, I, can bring one of them. Yeah. I can't bring both. That's like impossible. Jeff's target doubles as a jungle gym. Don't you know that? <laughs> here, boy. <laughs> we have a swing set, a slide. Jameson can take the mini bike and give them rides. There you go. There we go. We got the paper tuning station all set up for you now. Yeah, but if I start paper tuning, like how how far am I from getting myself back and back okay, together? So here's the problem. I gotta dismantle everything and then here's and the then problem. lob arrows and then go from there. Paper? I'm already pretty on. <laughs> what do you mean? Maybe <laughs> no, I don't understand I, the process. Don't I, I gotta like so take my fletching? I'm gonna tell shit? you something about paper tuning, okay? All right. I I built all my arrows, right? Target boy. Yeah, you and Jameson's target. Jameson ought to whoop your ass. In a he's going to whoop everybody's ass. <laughs> that's that's what Jeff is looking forward to is us going over there and he's going to let his cool kids school us. Mm-hmm. Bad. Oh, but bad. I don't care because I'm going to wear my okay hunter hat. I, I'll be okay. I got an out. I'm, I'm good. good. I'm tapping out too. <laughs> that kid's he, a sniper uh, with the ball. He just made a. He just uh, was outside, and we were paper tuning his target bow. And then he said, "Something right here." And I said, "Oh, let's look at your draw." So he draws his bow back, and he's like, 
nope, it's not fitting like it did like a couple months ago. That's because the kid grew. And I said, yeah, that's because you just grew his draw. So he got in the car, we got in the car, went down to whale's tails. And I think his draw length since last fall, he, he grew enough where it was an inch and a quarter longer now. Wow. He's hitting a growth so he spurt. Picked up so he's got to deal with human human body parts yeah, well. in his equation. <laughs> at, least we, at least that's not a variable yeah. for us. Well, like my draw no, length ain't going to change. took his hunting bow the other other day, and we, I said, all right. Uh, he had a half dozen of Fletch Darrells ready, and then we had bought another half dozen that were bear shafts. So he shot all his bear shafts through the paper. We tuned everything up with his rest in like, 15 minutes got a shooting bullet holes and then we took all of his flushed ones that were the same arrows and same length and we just shot them through him and then we'd turn the knock to the next fletching and then try that one and find the best out of the three because he's shooting a three fletch and they were all shooting bullet holes in another 15 minutes so now when we go and knock or go throw the fletchings on the other one i just index them the right way to get the the knock and the cock feather wow i want it and Boom, sure. boom, boom. And I did that to my bow a week and a half ago, and I was talking to Greg a lot about it. Yeah, you were and messaging now I me quite a bit. Shoot broadheads, fix, yeah, 40 yards away. It's just dead on. You know, I mean, it's dropping. I still got to pick my broadheads. At 40 just because of the yeah. wind resistance. You're going to have some drag. Broadheads typically will shoot heavy, uh, so yeah. they will drop a bit. Just for shits yeah, and gigs, I, I, all, but, I mean, but this is the time to do all that stuff. You know, right, you're right. you're getting after it and hell and, yeah, fun. And testing everything out, and it is fun. It's a lot of fun, but it's a it's a big rabbit hole, and and you can you can drive yourself insane with with paper tuning because maybe you're not getting some of the variables right, like maybe your bow's off a little bit, or maybe you just got some arrows that aren't quite the right spine, or there's a, many different things. So it's amazing what. Yep fletchings will do to correct a lot of imperfections that's all i'm gonna say so you know mine yeah, um yeah. was kind of coming yeah. at the target a little cockeyed it was, it was drifting a yours little bit, was hitting so. at like a 30 degree angle i couldn't believe it even with feathers yeah so i don't year. know what no i mean like right, not 30 degrees now but it is a little no, fish last tailed. year's were, yeah. were a little weird <laughs> well i shoot those twizzlers yeah you did shoot Move. twizzlers if i if i look at my arrows now compared to the vector ones i got it's like oh the vector's got way it's more like a, nose shooting weight. a feather over a you know a dart right i mean you're probably 10 to 14 percent yeah, foc versus maybe six to seven percent if you're lucky yeah with the other ones anyway Jeff. my big light bulb moment was i was shooting with jameson and we were watching each other's faces really close and it's amazing what if you put your nose on your string and you think you're just touching it mm -hmm. what just touching your nose on your string will do to your shot yeah facial pressure you don't even think lot. you're touching it but just touching it will hair yep that and then how you mean you face release, facial pressure so if you take your release mechanism so you have mm -hmm. your release and you go and pull your pull your say you pull your string your whole everything into your cheek and maybe touch your nose or just even pull on the string to your cheek, that's going to cant things just a little yep. bit. Oh, I see. So just, I mean, oh, so just yep. send a good anchor. Yeah. So like, like my a, anchor I was here. more about the repeatable process. Like if you touch, right. you got the muscle memory kicking in. So at least you got some right. consistency. But you can still, you can still 
touch that thing. Level the bow out yeah, a little better. Yeah, when you're leveling the bow out, sometimes you cant it just a little bit. Yeah. And that string pulls into your cheek, and, you know, maybe that's So what do you think line. about that bubble, that level, the bubble level? I use it. But, like, if that's not right, is that going to... If that's not right? Up? I never know. No, so... Because I spend too much time dealing with here, that. Out here, out mm-hmm. here, turn... One, make sure you got even pressure across your palm. I yeah. mean, they've got videos on this. You can probably YouTube it, and it'll blow your mind. But have have an even pressure on your riser, on your handle, mm-hmm. not t- gripping and torquing. So mm-hmm. that's one thing. You get it, so... It's like throwing a punch. You don't actually make a fist, so you're ready to freaking... Right. That's your mid-swing. So you have to make sure you're level here. Yeah. But then... Oh, back here, you got another thing to worry about. You got to worry about getting your anchor like proper. steering a freaking canoe. Yep. And then you got to... You got to be able to see through that peep and into your my scope. rubber peep. Yep, with your with your sweet snap you in the eye peep, mm-hmm. and then you got to yeah, make right. sure you're seeing your scope and putting the dot in the scope. On well, your I got target. all that, but like if that, if that bubble ain't level, how how bad is that impacting my? You'd be shot? surprised. Okay. Twenty yards, so not know. twenty yards. It might not be much, but further out, that's when it's magnified. Yeah. It might be a half or an inch off at 20. Oh, of course, right, yeah. But out at 40, it might yeah. be four inches off. So that's so where... talk about the wind. Yeah, well, and then you got that factor too. So <laughs> see, there's all these things that you can let rule your mind. Yeah, or sticks or your heart rate or your, you know, whatever. Um, good. Well, if you, well, when you come over, we'll even go, we'll teach you how to torque tune. That's you, like if you're you gripping. You teach me how to torque it? really gripping it, and if you, you torque... If Eric likes to twerk. I'm just, I gotta, I gotta get He's my a jokes twerker. Yeah. Can you torque tune? Can you torque yeah, tune? Yeah. No, it'll be interesting to no. see all that. You come you over guys, and I'll put the you guys, on you and he'll, he'll make you cry a little well, bit. Greg will bring in the Hubbleton. And you guys uh, really worked a lot with a coach, it sounded like, too, over the spring and summer. Oh, well, he actually, yeah, I mean, I just go and sit in on Jameson's classes when he shoots for his league stuff. I mean, those guys are all pros. There's like three different guys that are like expert shooters, and then I just sit there and watch them, and I kind of observe it. And then yeah. when we shoot at home in the backyard, he kind of helps me and coaches me then. And Whale tails. Observe, yeah. judge. You're just sitting there going, better than that guy, better than that guy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's funny, though, because the 14-year-old will sit here and watch hunting videos or he'll watch like people shoot target competition, and he'll be like, Yep, there's a puncher, there's a puncher. And he's talking about like... What's a puncher? If they have a wrist rocket. Oh, you're like jumping you're the shot? A wrist a strap on your wrist? Mm-hmm. No, all you're doing is moving from your knuckle to your finger, the tip of your finger. And if you're actually shooting a wrist-style strip uh, release correctly, you're bending your whole finger over, and you're not moving your finger at all. You're pulling with your elbow backwards. And just that motion of pulling through the shot it sounds more complicated than shooting a fucking rifle. Shot. It is more complicated than it can be. Oh no! Once you figure, when you figure out these little things, you will be amazed at the accuracy that you will get. Or it's going to throw was, what I you mean, did. I was, I was doing oh, all this stuff. It's going to it's, it's going to mess yeah. things up before it's it going to mess better. shit up because you're, you're right now you're we're dialed for our style. Yeah. And as soon as you go changing your style. Throw it's it all out the wire. window and start over. Yep, and you got you to build it all up again. New muscle memory, blah, blah, blah. 
This is why this I don't want to see a, a therapist. Thing. I I'm like just... who I am. I don't want to see a therapist because they're going to be like, let's talk about the past. And I'm going to be like, great. I'm going to have to dig all this shit up and make sense of it all over again. I don't, uh, don't want to do it. I like who I am. Let's just, you know what? Fuck that. I'm not coming over shooting my bow anymore. Buy a crossbow. <laughs> yeah, screw it. I'm buying a crossbow. I'm just going to be a gun hunter from here crossbow. on out. Crossbow. Oh, man. Crossbow. Then you can knock tune your crossbow bolt. <laughs> yeah, you can work on that too. Those things are quick, man. You see the arrows fly over those oh. things. They, they are moving. Holy crap. 50 yards yeah. easy of accuracy. It's pretty amazing. What's the feet per second on a crossbow compared to a freaking... It's nuts. I it's nuts. I mean, I that arrow gets there quick. It's got it. Those things are loud. I mean, obviously, it's not fast enough. The, the speed of sound, but it's pretty good. Yeah, it's quick. Woo. All right. Well, we'll do uh, we'll do some yeah. arrow shooting. Mm-hmm. We'll come over, get schooled, and yep. told what we're doing wrong, and... By uh, how old is how's how old? Bring your pocketbook. Sixteen, seventeen. I'm bringing pennies with. We're betting pennies. What, Jameson? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'll just sit back and watch. Yeah. Yeah, you will. Well, thanks oh. for calling, Jeff. We'll talk to you soon. Well, get it dialed in. It'll be here before you know it. That's yeah, true. You got it, it already is, man. It's up. It's about here now. All right. Good luck, fellas. All, All right, right, bud. Crack talk to one. you. See ya. No excuses. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs> I need excuses. Come on. I gotta blame something. Ah, I shouldn't have that popcorn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's eight o'clock. Yeah, eight bells and uh let's uh let's pull the cord on this thing here. Yep. Bring the plane in for a landing, call it a day. People get to listen to us ramble anymore, they might uh not want to listen to us anymore. Yeah. Hey, uh, by the way, before we end this thing, give us a freaking review if you haven't already. What are you waiting for? Yeah, even if we suck, you just still got to tell us. Tell us. Tell us. What, what do we got to do? We want. Do you maybe, want more maybe I need. Maybe I need to be <laughs> off the show. I don't know. Do we need Greg to be by the microphone. I am by the microphone. I should tell me what you think of this. If I turn this way down, can you hear yourself? Check. No? Yeah. All right. Well, I thought I was doing that wrong. Okay. Right. Whatever. We're just messing around now. All right. Well, all right, everybody. That's the end of the show. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. We'll actually have a guest you might want to listen to. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just like leaving you hanging. All right. We're going to live broadcast. Have a good night, everybody. Peace. What's up everyone, Anthony Heller with Deervane, and this week's tip of the week has to deal with trail cameras. I like to break my trail cameras out into two different categories, inventory placed tra- cameras and huntable data placed cameras. The inventory are generally on food sources where deer show up at 10 p.m., 11 p.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., whatever it is, and you're just getting an idea as to what bucks are on the property or what doe, what your kind of herd structure looks like. That gives you inventory information. Huntable data trail cameras are cameras that are placed on trails, pinch points, funnels, scrapes, or outside of bedding areas. Anywhere you think that you're going to get deer movement during daylight hours and you can actually set up on them and and hopefully kill them. So um, 
Again, I like to split them up. So I'll generally, I have nine trail cameras. I put two or three on an inventory area. I put the other six on huntable data areas. So that allows me to have the flexibility of understanding what deer are on the property, but also where those deer are coming from and where I might be able to catch them during daylight hours. So I hope that helps. Don't just place them all in one or the other because it's a good to have um, a mix between the two. And uh, hope it helps this fall, guys. Catch you later. practical tip we totally appreciate it and uh, we'd appreciate it for any of the listeners tuning in if you'd go ahead and over to deervane.com uh, and check those guys out subscribe to their youtube follow along on instagram all that good stuff and uh, we just got some new stuff added to our uh, website we got some uh, decals for you know your your truck window your car window your bow case wherever you want to put that thing uh, we also got, I think I should probably get the stickers up there, I suppose. And we got some mugs that are going to hit the store pretty soon. Holly, my wife, is making a bunch of um, wood grain tumblers with the W2H decal on them. So that's pretty cool. Other than that, uh, that's all I think for this week. E-Hunter's taking a break this week. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I hope everyone enjoyed today's uh, episode. Thanks to everybody that called in. We'll be doing a lot more of the call-in stuff as we roll into the season here, especially with Rut Club Radio right around the corner. And uh, if you ever want to submit a uh, most memorable hunt or a shot of the week, uh, we do have a link in our bio for our Instagram page that you can click on and it makes it pretty easy. Or you can always just record into your, if you have like an iPhone, I think there's a voice recorder or an Android, you can get like a voice recorder app and uh, you can just send that stuff over to us. We'll be happy to uh, chop that up and make it into something pretty cool. If you got a good hunt and you want to share, that's it, everybody. I hope you have a great week. Uh, you know, stay safe out there and hunt public. here the heck out of here go and listen to another podcast this is the okayest podcast in the midwest no way you listen this long and if you did go give us a review on itunes we'd appreciate it